Where do you go for comics new and old? Uh, garage sales? Wrong! Where do you see your favorite television and movie stars? Uh, in magazines, mostly. Wrong again! And where do you go to see the best in cosplay? Well, there are lots of different options if you're looking for something... <laughs> so incredibly wrong! Wizard World Comic Con. Wizard World Comic Con offers live entertainment and gaming, comics new and old, cosplay, toys and memorabilia, and a chance to meet your favorite television and movie stars. Meet Star Trek star William Shatner and Hellboy's Ron Perlman July 13th through the 15th in Boise, Idaho. Then meet Gotham stars Robin Lord Taylor and Sean Pertwee August 3rd through the 5th in Winston-Salem. Then meet Guardian stars Dave Bautista and Palm Clementia and the Winter Soldier Sebastian Stan August 23rd through the 26th in Chicago, Illinois. For news, celebrity updates, and tickets to future shows, go to wizardworld.com. Don't feel like paying full price? No problem. Use promo code CANDAIR at checkout. No space. (laughs) To get 10% off your tickets. So, where are you going to go for your pop culture fix? The, The internet? Oh, good answer. Really? No! Wizard World Comic Con! Go to wizardworld.com for tickets. Hi, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're listening to me on Canned Air. Everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today, the, uh, the co-creator of the comic Dave and Hot Damn, here to talk about his new comic Z, a wordless graphic novel, Valentine Ramon. Thanks so much for being with us, Valentine. No, thank you for giving me the, the chance to be with you guys. We're going to have a good time today. Sure. In our retro roundtable. So. <laughs> in our retro roundtable, actually uh, was inspired by one of our founders. Last night, I was trying to think of a topic at the last minute. Mind was racked. I couldn't come up with anything. And just at the exact same moment I was getting frustrated, a message came through from uh, through Patreon uh, from Randy Hardenbrook. And he suggested doing uh, movies that could benefit for more pre- uh, practical effects instead of CG. I thought, man, that's a good topic. The, the list is vast on that one. Yeah, so uh, we're going to do just that in the Retro Roundtable. So big thanks to Randy for uh, saving my ass because I was coming up with nothing. <laughs> uh, I had a tough time on that one, too. It was not easy, even though I know there are tons of movies that could have benefited yeah, from practical it, effects. It, Every week gets harder. Every <laughs> sure week gets harder. Way, yeah. <laughs> then the comic vault, what do we have this week, guys? I've got a little something called The Strange Adventures of Oscar Zahn. Hmm, okay. I'm sorry, The Strange Tale of Oscar Zahn. Let me clarify. Big difference. Yeah, oh, indeed. What about you, Jack? I've got one that I guess Jake has been brought to the table before, but it'll probably be different parts of it, I'm sure. Oh, Moon, or, yeah, Moonbeard. I'll just make sure Moon I cut your part com. of the segment out. And then... <laughs> just there, all right. <laughs> Crudely chop it. Anyway, this week... And that's... <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, a few of the titles we'll be talking about there, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to Valentine and talk about Z. But before we do all that, Jake... You guys have been hearing it since... 
the dawn of time, it feels like, but I'm going to tell you at least once more. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram. It's a great outlet for all things new with the show and also fun jokes and images. On Twitter, we are at CannedAirPod. On Instagram, we are at Can underscore Air. Check us out, retweet things, like them. Every little bit helps. And if you like what we do, head on down to Patreon and make it count. Show us your affection with legal tender. Hit that $5 mark, and you have access to the Patreon Founders Club exclusive podcast. What? And if you're going to a Wizard World show in the near future, uh, Boise, Idaho, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Chicago, Illinois, looking your guys' ways, uh, when you're buying tickets on wizardworld.com at checkout in the promo area, type Candare with no space, get yourself a cool 10% off your ticket price. You need all the help you can get when going to conventions, don't we? What else? Am I forgetting anything? Head over to uh, YouTube and uh, check yeah. out our episode that came out before this one is, uh, of all of our coverage from Wizard World 2018, which was just this past weekend uh, from the time we're recording now. We had a great time uh, covering yeah, it, and in that footage we've got, what, some interviews in Artist, Artist Alley, interviews. Daniel Logan, uh, who was Boba Fett in uh, Star Wars Attack of the Clones and Clone Wars interview, and our very own Wizard World panel. Our very first, in fact. It's our, yeah, it's our second live second show, live but show our first, first panel at uh, Wizard World. So that was a lot of fun. Check all those things out, YouTube and uh, in that last episode. Hell yeah. All right. Well, with all that behind us, let's just kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Where do we begin? Movies to, that would benefit from more practical effects instead of CG. I'm going to knock one out right now. Okay. Because I love the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I really love is the, the dedication to how they physically crafted those movies. Mm-hmm. You know, setting every link and every goblin's armor. It's incredible the amount of work that went into it. You know, they extracted hairs from the belly of a yak to make the Hobbit feet. That's wow. that's yeah, that's an uncommon level of detail. Then you got the Hobbit movies coming out, just awash with CG. It's funny. I was looking through some uh, lists online today, and I saw that on uh, a few of those lists. I, I've never seen the Hobbit movies, but uh, it, they must have been pretty bad, huh? They weren't great, man. The first one had a it had appeal, but oof. Those wow. last two really, really didn't do it for me. And, I kept you know, getting lost with uh, one character thinking he was Legolas, but he really wasn't because he looked so much like him. I like thought you that with the long hair. That was Legolas. The one that, that shot the big metal thing and killed, uh, what's the, the dragon? Oh, I see what you mean. No, okay. All right. I, I'm, I got you now. I'm lost. He, he was Legolas-like, that's for sure. But, you know, it's, it's one of those movies where sure that some of the orcs are cg the main villain is cg i get it fine but in the third movie they had uh, a dwarf character mind you this is a movie that's been following around a pack of dwarfs since the beginning you can make dwarves happen in a movie you can take mm-hmm. regular height actors and make them look like mythical fairy folk it's not a big deal and they had a fully cg dwarf character with serious speaking roles just interacting with people, it was the most jarring thing I've ever seen in my life. It was horrible. I think they even got like Billy Connolly for the voice, and just uh, yeah, that's I thought it was Billy Connolly, yeah. but later on found out that it was just a computer 
Billy Connolly. How horrible. It just pulls you straight out of the movie. Yeah. What about you, Valentine? I don't know, because uh, when you told me about what you guys were going to talk uh, about tonight, uh, I was thinking, fuck. Oh, sorry. I'm not sure if I can swear online oh, or um, on the air. The more the merrier. <laughs> yeah, don't Too worry late. about okay. it. Okay, cool. Uh, sorry, because um, usually I do swear a lot. And so I was thinking we. about it. <laughs> I was thinking about it, and the only movie that I came out, like, I didn't really enjoy them. You know this movie, The Snowpiercer? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the it's certainly the, an interesting concept. What is it? I'm yeah. It's a Snowpiercer with uh, Chris Evans, right? And yeah, exactly. No, I never uh, heard of it. It's yeah, I mean, it's, it's based in a French comic book, and I read the, the comic book and I really enjoyed it, you know, because it was, I don't know, everything like really dark and real. And the movies, I don't know, it didn't really feed me all the cool stuff they wanted to put inside the CGI and all this stuff. And I don't know, it's a movie that I would love to see, like, you know, just a plane train going around in the snow and everything that happened inside. But it's the only one that I really came out like, okay, science fiction movie without the CGI, and this one, uh, absolutely. I mean, I will take all the CGI out and just to leave the plain stuff, and it will be more more interesting, at least for me. Is I mean, is it so jarring that it pulls you out of the movie? I mean, is the movie in itself decent, or is it just bad all the way around? No, I think it's, I mean, for just... For myself, it's really bad. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, uh, nothing. Then I'm not going to even bother. Yeah, I I remember <laughs> being exciting for it when I, excited for it when I heard about it because the concept is uh-huh. interesting. It's sort of post-apocalyptic. You've got yeah. these devastating, you know, almost like a nuclear winter sort of effect, and all of humanity, or what's left of it, is stuck on this train. It's on a constant track, just going in circles. Makes mm-hmm. one rotation uh-huh. a year. And you've got, you know, these big class divisions with the poorer people living toward the back and the richer toward the front. But it it kind of falls apart logically as the movie goes on because the logistics of it don't, don't quite make sense. Uh-huh. There's a lot going on there that doesn't come together. Cool concept. The execution is ugh, so I'm, I'm with Valentin yes, on I this agree. one. It's not so good. Hmm. Well, I'll just take you guys' word for it. then. Yeah, <laughs> I'd probably skip that one. Sounds like a safe thing, right? <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jack? I couldn't find any that probably would have been better with practical, but I found a couple that were ruined with special effects that had practical effects. That makes sense. You mean the practical effects that weren't working, that maybe CG would have benefited them more? No, uh, here's an example. E.T., when they released it on Blu-ray, they redid a bunch of spots with CG, kind of like what Lucasfilm did with the prequels or not the prequels but the original trilogy putting a bunch of cg in that shouldn't have been there like they totally redid portions of et that were totally fine like when he got in the fridge to drink the beer oh they threw a little bit of like a jaw or throat movement to signify that he was drinking yeah fucking deal (laughs) yeah i can see that or when they tried to redo java in uh, that one scene in uh, a new hope yeah, just plopped him in there. He never looked good in any of the versions. They should have just left the yeah. scene out, really. But I see what they were trying to do. Yeah. They can't leave well enough alone. Yeah. Right. 
No, it was totally fine the way it was. Just should have left it. Don't make it look better because it doesn't. Don't you want like three or better. four more dobacks in every scene? Isn't that <laughs> of course <laughs> important to the plot? That's what they're called, right? The big yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, the yeah, big yeah. lizards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, when you uh, Google this topic, you know, horrible CGI. One movie that makes it in the top three of any list is the uh, the Mummy Two, the Scorpion King, <laughs> the Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was I saw this one in the theater because the first Mummy was entertaining. It I was thought it was fun. fun. Yeah, and I was youngish, so I didn't know better at the time. They're not good. They're fun. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it's funny because sometimes CGI that has gone bad does so over a period of time. But this, like, in the theater was like, oh, my Uh God, it's horrible. You know what it reminded me of? I don't know if you're... figure of a doll. Yeah. Yeah. You ever see that shows like... You remember Johnny Quest? Yeah. They released a sequel that was like they'd enter virtual reality and it had some crude, really early... Like 3D renderings. Okay. I remember watching that and thinking, wow, this is somehow worse than The New Adventures of Johnny Quest, a show that has since been canceled for like five years. It's amazing how these things can. Yeah, and I understand CGI is much cheaper than doing practical effects. You know, you look at movies like E.T., for example, that after all these years still looks amazing. I mean, it's still sellable. Jurassic Park. Still totally Dude. sellable. Look at the first uh, Ninja Turtle movie. All practical effects. Yeah. No CGI at all, to my knowledge. I mean, was that technology even? It had to have been around in some capacity. If it was, it was a pretty crude form. I don't and mean. it's still sellable to this day. At least Damn I right think so. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, something to be said. But, yeah, think of the money that goes into those suits, into that Oof. puppet T-Rex. <laughs> God, yeah. it's it's so worth it because these are the movies that get remembered. They go all in on their practice. It is, effects. but when you're given the budget and you have to yeah. work within it, you know that's Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, art by committee. Yeah, I guess we're uh, I guess we're back to you then, Jake. <sighs> Terrible CG. It's one of those things that's become so pervasive that it's hard to narrow down. But you see a trend in a lot of movies. I think in recent films like Marvel. And such, there are big CG moments, big battles between characters that aren't actually there, mm-hmm. and we've come to kind of accept that. When the scale is large enough, all right, Hulk's smashing a giant flying cyber remora eel thing into the ground after leaping off a skyscraper. Probably be hard to put a couple of guys in suits and handle that physically, but it's it's become such an issue that it's it's really starting to destroy my sense of immersion. Because I've got this trigger now where when the CG really kicks in, I check out. And I think it started with Transformers. Yeah. Which is just such a... How did you describe it? I think at the panel even, you called it a, a, a catamari, catamari of car parts. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's just a mess. None of it yeah. makes any sense. It's hard to follow. Yeah. And I'm sure there were some real metal pieces thrown here and there, but it's all just sparks and... Bits and, and pieces. You know, Michael Bay is not the only one who's guilty of doing that, but he also does is a great example of that in the turtle movies where, you yep. know, when you get... I mean, of course, those turtles are all CGI, but, you know, for the most part, they're CGI puppets overlaid real actors. Yeah. But, you know, there's obviously some scenes where it's just straight-up CGI, mm-hmm. and you can always tell those scenes because they're doing way more eccentric things than they're doing in the normal... Yeah. 
scape of the movie. And it's like you're saying, it just kind of like you check out. Yeah. That's just stupid. It's like flipping a switch. You're like, oh, there it goes. Yeah. Keep it grounded. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's what it. practical effects do for you. Mm-hmm. They keep it grounded. We are back to you, Valentine. Uh, yeah, the other example I found, there's a movie that I really like, the, the original one, uh, The Thing, the oh, John Car- uh, Carpenter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And after I don't know, a few years ago, well, a few years, maybe five, six years ago, they made a remake, remake with a lot of CGI, super yeah. cool uh, design, uh, monster designs, because the, the designs are fantastic. But I, I don't know, I really didn't enjoy the movie because, I don't know, the original one, it has some kind of candor, yeah, that the remake, it, it doesn't have. I don't know, it's really nice to see half movie but after I don't know after 40 minutes I can I, I couldn't enjoy it at all even if it's really well done but uh, I don't know it really ruined the concept of the the original one you know yeah I know just the... how you feel mm-hmm. I had the same experience uh, I remember also being impressed with some of the designs of the creature they had some really uh-huh. frightening almost shocking stuff going on but it was so yeah. much less impactful for the fact that it was all just computer generated. Yeah. You know, the Sorry. thing, uh-huh. I don't throw around this phrase often. I believe John Carpenter's The Thing is a perfect movie, one of uh-huh. just a handful in all of creation. So it just seems like such a crime that they sidestepped one of the things that made it so excellent, and that's the really gnarly practical effects. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it makes me uh, kind of think of. Uh... Stephen King, uh, the the It movie that just came out. Oh yeah, you know, and there was obviously CGI in that, sure. but it's used as a as a mending agent, yeah. mending the scenes around practical effects, Absolutely. and that's how Jurassic Park was done. You know, the T Rex, for example, on the the scene where he's chasing the you know Alan and the kids and tipping the the jeeps over. That T Rex, you know, was a torso, head, and arms on a on a drive around thing, and so when it comes into scene, they have to CGI the legs in right. it. You're focusing on the freaking no, legs. absolutely Your not. focus is on those big fucking teeth, you know? <laughs> That's the thing to do. You patch up the holes. Yeah, exactly. Like you said. It's, you mm-hmm. don't rely on it for the main graphic. You it's just glue. patch up details. Can exactly. you imagine what the most recent It would have been like if Pennywise was just completely CG? Horrible. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. That would have been beyond ridiculous to have absolutely. just a CG clown when you can easily have someone do it. Yeah. It, man, he was horrifying. <laughs> he sure was. Yeah. It's fantastic. And you would have lost all of that. Yeah. And yeah, there was CG in that movie, but like you said, it was CG that enforced the character. It was a seasoning, not the main course. Right, right. So they used it well and wisely. Agreed. All right, Jack, we're back to you. I've got a CG why when practical effects would have been like $2. And John Wick... When he's out there watching his little puppy taking a crap, I come to find out that the pile of crap was CG crap because the dog wouldn't go. <laughs> no way. So they they spent Where five grand to make detail? that. <laughs> I'll show you. I'll, I'll show you later. But yeah, yeah, the dog wouldn't perform. So instead of getting a nice clean cut to the dog standing in front of it and walking away, I guess, and getting the perfectly good. You know, pile of Spencer's dog poo. They had to spend a bunch of money on some guy to make a little swirly cone dog turd in the yard. You know, I'll bet that guy had dreams 
He was like, I'm going to work, uh, I'm going to be in Hollywood, and I'm going to help with computer-generated graphics. Oh, finally, it's all coming together. It's like, hey, man. Uh, Got need, your first gig. We need dog waste. Stat. Make it real. Give it a good Dairy Queen swirl, too. Yeah. Oh, gross. I trust. <laughs> I never want to eat sauce serve again. You say that now, but give it time. <laughs> all right, uh, Jake. What is the most atrocious CG in recent memory? Ooh, you know what? I'm going to talk about... Uh, I'll concede that I, even though I loved the most recent Deadpool movie, Juggernaut being purely CG was mm-hmm. sometimes a little jarring for me. Yeah. Especially when he yep. was sharing a screen with... Uh, I forget the kid's, like, human name, but Firefist is what he called himself. And... Um, yep. It he looks like was, a little bean doll, like a bean yeah. stuffed beanie baby. <laughs> and it was it was jarring, but I do like that they were able to draw attention to it. Mm-hmm. You know, at one point, him and Colossus are squaring off, and you hear Deadpool say something like, oh, big CG fight coming up. And you're like, okay, so they're at least aware of the problem, but awareness isn't quite the same as fixing it. You yeah. know, that movie has a lot going for it, and by God, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was a little rough. And I will admit, yeah, uh, I I did notice that too. Like, especially when he's holding Deadpool and it gets a close up of his face through the eye and yeah, mouth holes. It didn't like, didn't look so good. It didn't look bad, but it looked animated. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. It looked real, but animated. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, what else do we have here? Uh, who remembers the Power Rangers movie? And I'm not talking about the one that We're came out like just a few years ago. Ivan Ooze. Ivan Ooze. Yeah. Ivan yeah. Ooze one. I have. My God, the the Zords fight at the end is so horrendous. <laughs> it's not watchable. Like it, it makes the dancing baby look like some state of the art shit. It is. Oh my, is that bad? Oh my God, dude. Like, okay, I, I I never watched it when I was a child, and since we started doing this show, it came up several times, and I was like, maybe I just need to bite the bullet after all these years and sure. rent it, and I rented it, and boy. I should have seen it as a kid because I was like, this is shit. But when it got to the uh, the graphics at the end, I mean, it's unwatchable. I mean, you can barely understand what you're seeing. It's like, oh, it's comparable to like some of the very first like Window 95 blocky graphics you ever saw. Like, oh, horrible. Sonic Adventure 3D or whatever the hell where he's got like eight whole sides on his polygon. Right, right. It was horrible. <clears throat> All right. Do we have any other offerings to this uh, category here? Uh, yes, but this is kind of a weird one because I don't think it would have been improved with practical effects. What's that? Because it was like it made sense thematically that it was CG. It just all looked like shit, even for the time. Lawnmower Man. I saw that on a few lists too, and I saw some pictures and got that damn, was groundbreaking. Oh, oh sure, at the time. Yeah, yeah. But even then, I ugh. Here, okay, here was some groundbreaking 3D CD, CG graphics at the time. Was in uh, the second Back to the Future when he's outside the theater the, oh, and the jaws yeah. shark yeah. comes yeah. down. Oh yeah, that one's got like built-in defense though, because the cheesier it looks, mm-hmm. like that works for what's happening within the context of the movie. You know, you're like, oh well, you know, it's that's not so jarring. Yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, looking back on it oh, now, sure. like that, yeah, it's it one of those where at the time it was like, whoa! But yeah. now you're like, goddamn. Mm. 
Yeah, we can do better than that now. Indeed. But we don't need to. We don't need to update Thank that God. one. Just leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, just leave it alone. Touch it. Just leave it alone. All right. Um, well, with that, I guess let's just move into a t-shirt commercial. I don't let's have do any it. smooth <laughs> transitions this week. I'm just going to say. Have you bought t-shirts yet today? We're, we're selling t-shirts here, people. And vinyl decals and all kinds of other stuff with our logo on it. Wall things, clocks, those are my favorite. Things you wouldn't imagine. Yeah, yeah, that a podcast would put their logo on. But Cigarette cases. <laughs> bathroom mats. Things that catch your urine from hitting the bathroom floor. <laughs> we want to be a part of that. We want to be iPhone that urine catch. iPhone 5 cases. <laughs> What's that? iPhone 5 cases we have. Oh, I swore you said violin cases. I'm like, okay, now we're, now we're pushing it. <laughs> we're getting out there. <laughs> Did you say iPhone 5? Yeah, I think we have the most recents, too, though. Okay, I was going to say, I don't think anyone's <laughs> using that antique anymore. Good but Lord. Society6.com forward slash pod. Go over there, get some of that merch, and keep an eye on our Patreon page, because if you uh, want merch and you've been thinking about becoming a supporter, well, you can kill two birds with one stone by becoming Indeed. a backer, because uh, here soon we're going to be adding T-shirts and decals and all that happy kind of stuff uh, to the reward tier, so... Uh, and if you join before we get the reward tiers updated, you'll still get the uh, rewards after they've been impl- uh, implied there. So, with that behind us, let's just swing open the door to the comic vault. Who would like to go first this week? I might go first this week, if that's all right. Do it. I have been reading The Strange Tale of Oscar Zahn, Z-A-H-N. And the first thing that drew my attention to this comic was the art style. Mm-hmm. which kind of hit on every point in my checklist of things I love. Kind of dark palette, sort of grim, but in a humorous way. It's almost got like a fable fairy tale feel. It's kind of Mignola-esque. You know, it's got sort of a Hellboy vibe going. I mentioned it also kind of reminds me of like Atomic Robo with that mm, kind of yeah, pulp yeah, yeah. horror sci-fi feel. So the art is fantastic. And the main character is just hilarious looking. I love him. His name's Oscar. Duh. He is undead, or maybe just regular dead. I'm still figuring out how the laws of this world work. And uh, he's essentially a trench coat and pair of gloves with the top of a skull, no bottom jaw, mind you, floating just about six inches above the collar. Oh, wow. And a little hat on top. It looks fantastic. I don't know, something about that is super endearing to me. Ghost Rider aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, but no fire. Right, right. And uh, the comic opens up, very first panel of the very first chapter, with an old woman lurking in the woods. An old, kind of witchy-looking woman. Not sinister, but clearly there's something about her. (laughs) Witchy woman. Exactly. And she's scratching the name Oscar into the dirt with a stick. And he shows up across the horizon... Walks right up to her and he's like, oh, good evening. And she's like, oh, you're late, Oscar. And he tries to hand her a little flower and she's like, you're an idiot. So there we, <laughs> we've got some indication of their relationship. He calls her Agnes. Now, I haven't got too far into the comic to find this out. Makes me wonder if she's like the black Agnes of like British folklore, kind of the, the mother of witches. Like that part of the world's equivalent of Baba Yaga or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm almost thinking that's the case, but she directs him to an old creepy mansion on a hill talking about some figure who's been in there and, quote, acting strange. And uh, Oscar sets up shop, produces some kind of ghost-detecting equipment, makes his way around, and uh, I don't want to spoil too much because, you know, again, it's all free, it's all interesting. The art style's beautiful, it's funny, it's frightening, it deals in all of the kinds of subjects I love. 
and uh, the artist is, he's, he's going places. I like what he's doing. Now, I'm not going to attempt to butcher his name, because if I was being mentioned in a podcast like this and somebody got it wrong, I'd be pissed. And I have the feeling people mispronounce this fellow's name all the time. So I'm going to give you his Twitter handle. I'm going to spell it out. Please follow him. Check out his comics. You're going to find him at T-R-I underscore V-U-O-N-G. That's at T-R-I underscore V-U-O-N-G. Yeah, you got my guess. Strange Tale of Oscars on. Yeah. Very cool. Sounds entertaining. It's super cool. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Valentine, would you like to go next? Uh, yeah. Um, the comic book that I choose is uh, Pinocchio. Is a version. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a version. Obviously, it's the, the story that everyone knows about Pinocchio, mm-hmm. but it's a hardcore version. Yeah, it's a French guy, the author. The name is uh, Vincent Parnaut or something like this. It's a silent, uh, silent book, and it's super, super cool. I read it. Um, I don't know one, two years ago. And I was really impressed. I mean, for example, the the drawings is not um, it's not the kind of nice and cool drawings. They're really like ugly and disgusting sometimes. But it's amazing how the guy is uh, telling the story of Pinocchio, like a new version. Pinocchio is more like a robot and without any any word. And it's super super cool. I mean, it's one of these books. That, you know, to all my friends, um, I'm telling them that they need to have this book and, and to read it because it's what I consider close to a masterpiece somehow. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to explain what it's about because everyone knows Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. So I try to picture Pinocchio in in our time. He's a robot. And I don't know, it's just really crazy. But at the same time, it's, I don't know, it's really human. We have something really special inside all the dirt that you can see on the book, people vomiting, having sex, and drag, whatever you can picture is going to be on the book. But at the same time, it's, it's really warm. You have something, I don't know, I, I really, really enjoy this book. Sounds and really then, good. Yeah, Yeah, you guys should try it. Uh, check it out. And it's, it's, really, it's a really thick book. Yeah, I mean, you have a plenty of pages. But it's super, super cool. I, I really enjoy this one. Modernization of Pinocchio. Yeah, and and something about uh, kind of grammar, violent, or Mm -hmm. profane reinterpretation of something so wholesome. Right. Uh But it's just that it's that uh, tale as old as time, you know, just the the, the need for acceptance, the wanting to... It's it's cool how with some of these comics you almost seem like the, the more strange or bizarre, perverse or violent they get the more those human elements seem obvious, yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they pop out. I'm not sure how it works, but they, they are there, and you can feel them. And it's super cool. You read a lot of books that they are trying to tell you things and to make you feel stuff, and they really don't do nothing to you. I mean, you don't feel absolutely nothing. But this one is, I don't know, it's like a, a flower in the dirt. It's, uh, it's really cool. I'm going to check that out. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can't not check it out after that. (laughs) (laughs) If only to satisfy my curiosity of what this imagery must be like. Yeah, I I, I can't think of uh, any other kind of attempts at modernizing uh, Pinocchio. And how, uh, man, you could go so many different ways with that. That sounds awesome. All right. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Uh, Jack, would you like to go next? 
Sure, I've got a like a comic Sunday funnies type deal that has been around before since Jake has done it. But I probably have a couple of <laughs> panels that he didn't no talk resentment, about. No resentment. No <laughs> resentment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, called Moonbeard, and it's at Squiresses. S Q U I R E S E S E S. And it's by a guy named James Squire living in New Zealand. And one of them I found is two fellas sitting in a diner. Or the title of it's called Science. Two guys sitting in a diner. One man says, if a man's consciousness is put into a cat and the cat dies, does the ghost take the form of a cat or a man? And then they sit there and look at each other for a second. Next panel, the guy's sitting there kneeling down with a hammer next to a cat saying, I'm sorry, I, I can't go through with this. And then the next panel, he's gone. The hammer's laying there, and the cat's saying, "Come back, you coward! I need answers." <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And there's another one, and I don't know why that these like Sunday funny ones always have something to do with cats with me. I've noticed that it's a trend. There's a trend at work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because this next one is also about cats too. Maybe it's because of going to Jeremy's house and the the farm of cats that are always yeah, there. The I don't plethora. know. <laughs> the cornucopia. The mill. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It's no, 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 no. Let's clear that up right now. This is not a cat mill. <laughs> this one has a guy sitting outside, uh, staring into the crawl space of his house, sitting there saying, here, kitty, kitty. And a guy walks up with sunglasses and a baseball cat, says, your cat's probably not under there. He's probably miles away by now. I'm sure he's had his reasons for leaving. Anywhere, anyway, wherever he is, he'll probably never forget you. And then the guy walks away, and the owner's just sitting there looking kind of dazed and confused and sad. And then it shows the, the character with sunglasses and hat actually takes off the glasses and hat as he's walking away. And you see it's the cat, and he has tears coming down his eyes. And what was this called again? Moonbeard. Moonbeard. How long ago did you bring this to the show, Jack? Or Jake, rather? It's, it's been, been a while. Month, has it? A month and a half in that range. Okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with bringing them back on. I mean, you, we can't assume every listener listens to every episode. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it can't do anything but help, right? All right. Very cool. Very cool. Moonbeard. All right. So, my entry this week is from somebody who actually reached out to us about a, a webcomic called Media Entity. And this is a comic about the future of the social uh, social networking and Media Entity is a social network to end all other social networks. Sounds dangerous. What exactly that means right now, I'm not sure. But I'm going to be finding out very soon. Uh, they have their first chapter available to read on their uh, website, MediaEntity.net. But if you download their app on the iOS, and I think it's on the Google phones as well, uh, just search in the app store media entity you can get the comic in app form it's free to download and oh, in cool. and in the uh, app you get uh, the first four chapters for free rather as opposed to the one on the website and um, let me tell you a little bit about it first and I'll tell you what really you know why I really love this comic it starts with a uh, you see a guy carrying over his computer in a in a dark office it's late at night you see the janitors you know like sweeping the other aisles behind him and he's sweating, loose tie, hand on his forehead, wide-eyed, you know, something's up. Cut to the computer screen, you see he just lost $5 million. He works at a oh, bank. Okay. No, excuse me, it was billion, $5 billion. Jeez. 
and uh, he works at a bank. And like the second it happens, he's like, "Oh shit! Oh shit!" And his phone, As I would be. His phone immediately rings, and they're like, "What did you do? What has happened?" You know, they've they've called everyone up to the boardroom, and uh, he goes, "You know, you really screwed us all, and I, you know, I'm not gonna take any kind of fall for you." And you know, he's like, "Well, I'm, I'm taking you down with me, buddy." <laughs> He goes, you don't understand. He goes, it's not just you or me or this or that. He's like, the whole bank is fucked. We're all going down. And so, you know, they're calling everyone up to the boardroom in 20 minutes to announce this. So he all of a sudden gets his, uh, he gets the gumption to grab all of his stuff and he just runs. He starts heading for the front lobby and they see him on security camera. Like he's trying to, he's trying to run. He just lost all this money. and He's trying to run. Stop him. And uh, they pursue him, chase him down through alleys, but they can't get him. He eludes them, and he gets on a subway. And a a pigeon, while on the subway, comes and lands on his chair next to him. And then a big scruffy guy, kind of a Hagrid-looking feller, (laughs) uh, I mean Hagrid from Harry Potter, uh, uh, comes and sits down next to him and says, you know, I know what you're doing. He goes, you're running. You're being accused for something you didn't do, aren't you? And then he kind of looks at him like, you know, how, how do you know this? And he goes, I can help you. He goes, but what you need to do is go home, pack your things, and just disappear. Go clear off the grid. He goes, what are you talking about? He goes, I got a wife. I can't do that. And kind of arguing his point. He goes, well, I just know. Listen to me. You need to trust me. This is what you need to do. So it shows him get off the subway, acting annoyed. But before he can get home, you can see that he's made the decision. Okay, it's time to go. And he's as quick as he can packing his suitcase in the bedroom before his wife stands in the doorway going, uh, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And that's the end of chapter one. And um, like I said, I, you can read the next th- uh, three chapters on the app as well, so you should download them. But why I love this thing is how streamlined the reading experience is. It, now, I've seen, I think it's Comixology. Like, if you buy a book and you're looking at it on a device, you can tap the screen and it might start at the top of the page, but yeah, then it's it'll... got like a per panel or page-wide view, depending on right, what you want. where the page is already laid out, but this thing will then go between yeah. panels. Or just uh, just things where they'll just flip just the panel. You know, you won't have like a gliding view of the whole page. You just are seeing panels. Where this... Jake, I'm going to have to have you help explain this to me, but... You get the panel, but then like the word bubbles start, as you tap, kind of overlay. Oh, I see. And help describe this because I'm having so a hell of a you're, time. You're kind of getting the images and the text. Oh, even the way that image was cropped and then expanded when you tapped it. Yeah. Wow. There's a there's a really clever way this is overlaid, such that and it's it almost, hard to describe. But it almost it's so flows clever. like a video. Yeah. It's got that really intuitive. Wow. Everything is is has clearly been arranged in such a way that you're getting what you need when you want it. It reminds me of an action comic without being an action yes. or a motion yeah, comic it. without Absolutely. being a motion comic. Um, but I love the it's art like in this. like a stop motion comic. Yeah, kind of. I, I, love, I love the art in this. Yeah. It's fantastic. And the story, that chapter one, just had me... I was kind of sweating That's for the guy. Like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. So um, I can't recommend it enough. Check it out um, on Twitter at media underscore entity. And MediaEntity.net, again, you can check out that first free chapter. Strongly recommend downloading this app and checking out this comic. The app is so easy to use. It shoots you right into the chapters. And just with a simple tap, you have the most lax comic reading experience you'll ever experience. That's really nice. how I'm going to describe it. I'm doing it right now. That's 
pretty cool the way it's doing that. Okay, cool. See? There you go. Don't believe us. Believe Jack. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <clears throat> you, I heard. <laughs> From Jeremy. All right. Well, very good. Very good. Uh, very good titles there in the comic vault. And with that, let's just turn our full attention over to Valentine and talk about Z, a wordless graphic novel. Valentine, thanks so much for being with us again and for staying up so ungodly late to talk to us. <laughs> nah, don't, don't worry about it. Where are you in the world again? Uh, now, at this moment, I'm in Spain, in Barcelona. In Spain. Holy cow. You are yeah. a trooper. Thank you. So let's is it, just. Is this our first guest who we've spoken to as far east as Spain? It might be. Really? Could be. I think so. I think you're right, yeah. This man holds a record. Yeah. Uh, a well. place of pain within this podcast. <laughs> We're going to start a pissing contest with all of our Indeed, guests yeah. from overseas. <laughs> we don't get someone from Russia or the Middle East right now. Oh, my Lord. It'll happen. It'll happen. All right. But uh, let's first just start out by uh, telling the listeners and ourselves a little what? I want to clarify with that last joke. I know... Spain does not share a border with either of those places. I was just thinking of places further east. Sorry, had to clarify. Please continue. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let, let's just uh, start with you by first telling the listeners and ourselves a little bit about Z, a wordless graphic novel. Well, um, well, I can say it's a graphic novel, 96 pages of a graphic novel, black and white. And the most uh, characteristic thing of the book is that it's wordless. Uh, there is nothing to read. I mean, it's a graphic novel, it has a story, but there is no words. So, and it's a book about, it's a black comedy, not really like uh, silly stuff, but the book is about, it's about terrorism, okay? Because, well, it's a thing that I'm, I'm really interested in, you know, you open the TV, you watch the news, and there is always something going on, always. And I wanted to do something about it, and I thought uh, a comedy, or a black comedy in this case, it, it would be the most appropriate uh, thing to talk about it. I mean, there is plenty of serious stuff, and in the end of the day, they don't tell you absolutely nothing. It's just a mess. You know, you have the bad guys, you have the good guys, and that's all. And I right. think sometimes the th things are more complicated. And I wanted to try, and again, it's, it's a fiction. Yeah, it's absolutely a fiction, you know, conspiracies, um, politicians, the government. But I just wanted to give my own view, and again, in a in a funny way. Sure. And this is it, just a comedy about uh, terrorism. Now, why did you decide to go the way of no words? What what pushed that for you? Um, it was two things. Uh, the main one is that I have a lot of problems when I'm talking with people, not just in English. As you can see, my English is really terrible. But even when I'm speaking <laughs> with my Spanish friends, uh, you speak the same language. And most of the times people, you know, they don't understand each other. You mm -hmm. say something, but the other person thinks that you really meant something else. And it's something that really pisses me off. I mean, when I'm talking with people and I can feel that no one gets the idea or people they don't understand each other. So I thought that to do something only with images. So the way, uh, the only thing that the reader can do is to interpret 
what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah? So he's going to create his own version, but I'm letting him to do so. It's not like, okay, I'm going to explain you something with the words. This is a story about, and you're going to think whatever you want. No, I, I give you the things, with no tricks, and... And the, oh, I think I'm making a mess of, of myself. No, right not now. at all. No, I know exactly and, what you're saying. Yeah, it's and, it's it's kind of like a, a like a love song, for example, like where you know everybody gets the gist of what the song is saying, whether it be happy or whether it be sad. But you know, when it comes to music, you know, we relate it to our own personal experiences. Yeah. So though it's a love song or a happy or a sad one, everyone feels it and interprets it their own. Way it means something different to everybody, and I think that's pretty uh, genius in this uh, in the aspect of the comic yeah, field. You've never seen anything like, like that. Taking the words out, you're removing one more barrier between what the writer and or artist wants to convey and what the reader feels. It, it almost feels like uh-huh. a, a purer sort of experience. I, I like the idea of it quite a bit. And mm. you know, I was I was going to ask. I, I'd say in a comic without words. By necessity, the visuals have to be very striking, and they absolutely are. The art style is phenomenal. Without it's, a doubt. It's dense with oh, detail thanks. without being overwhelming. It, it comes together gorgeously. And I, I see so much interesting, almost conflicting. That You've got religious symbolism, gas mask-wearing uh-huh. punks rioting in the streets. What were some of your visual inspirations here? What, what imagery goes through your head when you're forming this kind of story? Um, I'm I'm not really sure. I'm I'm totally honest. Um, I'm not really sure from where are coming the ideas. I know that I like to, you know, whatever I do. For example, if you read uh, Dave, yeah, just an ex- as an example. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really like really simple things. Before we were talking about the CGI uh, versus the simple things, and I really like simple things. For example, you know, in movies, I like. I don't like the movies. I don't like Star Trek. Yeah, the original ones. But I really enjoy watching them because they don't have the CGI that we have today. I watch the new Star Trek. They are awesome. But still, I prefer the old ones because I like these this really simple things. And when it comes to create uh, designs or the guys with the mask and everything, I'm tending always to go to the simple thing. I don't know. And anything is, I don't know, sometimes there is a lot of, I don't know, robots that if you really pay attention, that robot is not is, is not more than just an engine of a car with an eye. And it totally looks like a robot, it's an engine. So I do the same thing with all the characters, you know. And the idea with the gas mask and the other people, the kind of zombies, I don't know. Just because, I guess, for example, in the first ones, in the first one, in the zombies, because I, I like to draw them, they're really easy. And the other guys, um, I'm not really sure from where came the, the idea. I don't know. Honest to God, I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I uh, another thing <clears throat> I noticed while looking through this comic book is, you know, when you have word bubbles in a comic, you kind of have a guide through a comic someone has taken your hand is now taking you uh-huh. guiding you through the comic and i think a lot of the times you miss things you know I, I i can think of many times i've taken a comic or a graphic novel i've read several times before and gone through it and oh, yeah, you i just find something through. new yeah. 
every time because, you know, I was so wrapped up in just reading the story. After you take the story and you can look around a little bit, I find myself focusing a lot more on uh, each pa- each panel and each page of uh, your comic just because uh-huh. I was allowed to. You know, there was nothing pulling me right to the next panel right away. I can look at this and, I don't know, it's kind of, you know, like a game of Clue. and yeah. uh, uh, Exactly, yeah. And you know, when a when a panel of a comic or a whole page is is so heavy with dialogue, you're losing real estate. Mm-hmm. You know that that's important space. Space is limited, and when you can fill that with evocative imagery, instead of just rattling off what people need to know, that makes mm-hmm. more of an impression by far. I just thought of how difficult of a project this is. Let me look at it like this: you have a character. Or maybe that, no, I guess got confused. The skull, the floating skull thing, that was your comic, wasn't it? No, 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 there was... There was there one was in this, too, right? Yeah, yeah. There was just in both comics? Am mm-hmm. I, okay. No, it was just coincidence, Woo, yeah. Woo, it is a coincidence. <laughs> okay, so you have a character who has a skull as a face yeah. in a comic with no words. I mean, putting expression in this book <laughs> had to have been incredibly difficult. No one could accuse you of taking the easy way out on this one. No words uh-huh. or facial expression to display any kinds of emotion. That had to have been challenging. Yeah, you know the thing is that um, the idea of use uh, the skeleton, you know, first I try, you know, to make the skeleton guy, you know, open his mouth and to close the eyes, and it didn't really, it didn't really work for me. It was really like a comic thing, like a cartoon, yeah. Right. And what I choose to do like this is because I wanted the the main character. I mean, the main character is the one that is uh, driving you through the story. But I want him just to do so, just to be the guy that is driving, but not to give you any... I don't know, I don't know how to say it. I mean, if, if for example, if you read the book and the character is around... I don't want you to make upset. I don't want you to be uh, angry because the character is angry, or I don't want you to be happy because the character is happy. I want you to. I want the reader to choose uh, these kind of emotions. You know, the guy is there, he's doing stuff, but it's going to be the reader the one that decides in between the brackets how he's going to feel. Yeah. You get to yeah. project your emotions onto the character instead of being told. What, exactly. Which why the, uh-huh. why the skull makes perfect, perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that is really good. I like that. You really turned that around yeah, on me. I feel me like there. I, you're kind of aware of that, but hearing it that way, it, it's really extraordinary. Yeah, it really is because it's it would have to be a skull now. Any yeah. any facial Anything expression would, would be just the as whole concept. just as leading as words. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Brilliant. Brilliant. Wow. Bravo to you, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. <laughs> So, where can people uh, get their copy of Z, a wordless graphic novel? Okay, um, the thing is, well, what is the thing? You know, first uh, I made a, a Kickstarter, you know, to be able to print the book. Yes, a yeah. successful Kickstarter at that. Yeah, it's a millions of thanks to all the people that make um, the project, because without these people, it, it, it wouldn't, it would, oh. Man, I'm sorry about that, but I'm, I'm super stressed out. I'm really nervous. I'm sweating. Oh, yeah. Don't like, worry oh, about don't it, buddy. Worry. Take your time. So, yeah, it's just a big thanks to all these people. <clears throat> Where people can buy this online, yeah? I set up an online shop where the people can buy it. Okay. So everything is going to be, um, yeah, online. It's, I mean, I mean it's, it's not the only place. Here in Spain, 
you're going to be able to buy it on the comic book stores. I see. But at the moment, uh, you know, let's say that I'm a really small guy, so I'm not going to be able yet to use, for example, Diamond to go to UK because it's closer and after to go to USA because I'm going to need um, a big amount of uh, books printed and at this moment it's not going to happen, I hope in the future. So meanwhile, I set up this uh, online store so everyone that is interested about it can, can buy the book online. Awesome. And we'll also put links on our uh, website yeah, and on sure our social will. media to help uh, direct people that way because... Boy, this is a truly unique I want unique to spread the book. word on this This one. is a unique book. And uh, I just really enjoyed our conversation with you, Valentin. Thanks so much for being here with us yeah. today. No, thank you a lot, really, for uh, giving me the chance. And <laughs> to be so passing with my English again. No, your your English is much better than my Spanish. So truly, you have nothing <laughs> to be embarrassed about. <laughs> Jack, what yeah. do we have on the website? Go to candyairpodcast.com where you can check out our special guests, listen to the show, follow us on social media, visit the Hall of Heroes, see some of the videos from our YouTube page, click that merch button. And if you have comments or complaints or just want to say hi, send us an email on our contacts page. And don't forget, everybody, you can follow us on Twitter at CandairPod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we do, head on down to Patreon and show it. Wizard World tickets. You're purchasing those tickets. Can there at checkout with no space, 10% off your tickets. Do it now, people. Why not save some money when going to those those cons, those pricey prices? Every cons. little bit helps. Boy, howdy, doesn't it? Uh, what else? What else? Society6.com forward slash Candare right. pod. Get some of that tasty merch. Check out our new footage. Uh, again, the, the episode that posted right before this, Wizard World Columbus 2018. Yeah. Check out our coverage there. And on YouTube, Jack's putting up videos here. We have what up right now. We have the our panel and the Daniel Logan interview. Yeah, and we do. I'm sure by the time this is posted, the rest of it will be available. So be sure to check that out. Let us know what you think. And um, I think that's going to yeah, do it for I this week. So. so until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. I'm Valentin Ramon. Thanks for your time and to listen. And thank you, and thanks everyone for listening. This is where he keeps the good stuff. You don't need drugs to get high. Talk! You just need the Candare Podcast. That's good advice. Now we know. And no one is half the battle. Just one question. What are you doing outside the window? <laughs> Tell your mama to call me. G.I. Joe! You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily... That's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately 7 minutes.